0: We bring in former Gamecock Carl Hill and former Tiger Will Merritt to discuss the Gamecock and Clemson issues of the day. Carl, welcome in. How are you?
1: Doing very well, sir. How about yourself?
0: Doing okay. You keeping an eye on that women's game?
1: Man, little boy, and I'm like, have them boys up there beat us in anything in the last year and a half? (laughs) That's awful what we're doing in them up there, man. I almost feel sorry, but.
0: I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Will, mm-hmm. w- welcome in. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing fantastic, guys, and I hope you are.
0: We are. We are. Uh, Will, we missed you last week. Glad you're back with us this week. Want to catch you up yeah. on what the Tigers have done the last couple sure. of weeks, that Georgia Tech win, that Notre Dame win. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of interesting, and I'll just kind of preface everything by just saying, you know, it was, it was a couple of tough weeks for Clemson to be on the road and and having two tough losses, and and but then it just shows you what kind of home field advantage can do for you. You get back home, you beat a top fifteen team in Notre Dame, then you know you you get have a great win against Georgia. In my opinion, the most complete game they've played all year. It just shows you when you get back in your in, in a, to a comfortable environment. environment um a lot of times it, it it plays with your the the psyche of how you play the game and Clemson very rarely loses at home and obviously their one you know loss this year at home is to a, a really good FSU team in overtime so they play well in the valley and um i think that bows well for South Carolina in next week of course we'll talk about that game in the future but um but uh yeah i mean i, I just think that they've They they've really they came into their own as far as letting the home crowd get behind them. You know, you never know about those noon games. And um, as a player, I loved them. I mean, I loved them. I love waking up and just going and getting after it. As a fan, a lot of times, you know, you don't you don't know if you're gonna have that type of juice. But with Notre Dame and Georgia Tech and everything that Clemson still has on the table to play for, um, Phil, I thought that the Georgia Tech game was as complete of game as we've played, and, and honestly, it came from out of nowhere. I mean, you think about three of our six touchdowns came from either freshman or redshirt freshman, you know, and look at how many freshmen and redshirt freshmen made huge plays in the secondary. So I mean, it was a lot of really, really young guys, and obviously they'll have to have a repeat performance in order to do that this uh, this week. Week, but I thought it was, it was pretty dominant for three quarters, and then, of course, Debo called the dogs off. There were some guys that were playing in the fourth quarter I'd never even heard of, yeah. and so, um, I mean, I was like, well, where are they? You know, we're on the, they're not even on my roster sheet, and so, um, uh, but, I mean, that, that's what you want to do. That's how you build a program, but I just thought the the young guys stepped up, and the, the line of scrimmage was just coming at, on Clemson's behalf, and Georgia Tech's been kind of known to be pretty balanced as well.
0: Uh, Carl, the Gamecocks uh, had their get-right weeks. Jacksonville State, uh, they survived that, and they took care of business against Vanderbilt. And I guess the the big story, one of the big stories, besides what Xavier Leggett and Spencer Rattler continue to do, is the fact for the first time all season in back-to-back weeks, they were able to trot out the same five starting offensive linemen. That's got to be big for them heading down the stretch here of these last two games
1: you're 100% right. This is this would be the third week that offensive line group is starting. We're getting healthy. We're getting a couple of linebackers back, a couple of secondary guys back. We're, we're, we're probably as healthy as we've been since we started the season early on. So right now we feel really good. I, this, this Kentucky team, the thing I said last week in order for South Carolina to kind of win these last four games, the offense Stop getting in second and long. Get in second and five and manageable. And, and if we can do that, I thought we had a chance to win. And if we do that, there's not a team that can outscore us that's left on our schedule if we can do the same style of play offensively. Defensively, they're changing something in, in practice because what these guys doing now is totally different. You you can see some growth. Our defensive line is probably the best. They're Every offensive line we go against, our defensive line is going to be better. So I, I kind of like our chances going down the
0: stretch. Oh, you're because it is
1: a November to remember.
0: Yeah, you're you're feeling you're feeling kind of salty. Uh, maybe they feel like they found something in in Bam Martin Scott there at linebacker. Um, what about Rattler and Leggett's? Uh, they're getting uh Trey Knox back uh, this week. Uh, the the injury report from Beamer tonight on his call-in show. Uh, nobody new has been added. We knew Trey Jones was going to be out. The others who have been out remain out. So that's that's good news for them. But as they as they prepare for this Kentucky team and then Clemson, you know their defensive coaches know that you got to take away Leggett to really minimize what South Carolina can do offensively because they really don't give you that much of a threat yet in the running game where you have to worry that much about it, do they?
1: And, and, and you're right, but, but you can kind of, you can stop a defensive coaching staff from game planning you. Start on first down. If you make second down, second and five, they can't do nothing. The field's too wide open. You can't defend anybody because you you don't know what we can do. So, South Carolina key, again, this week is kind of what I've been preaching. If you get in the second and five, our offense is good enough that we're diverse enough that you can't stop us from that point. I I like that. And I don't care. You can't double him. only time you can double your legate is when it's in third and long, second and long. You stay out of that, that situation, and you dictate what the defense is going to do, which is, they pretty much have to play a base defense. You can't send pressure on third and five unless you're a dumb coach. You, so you have to play a you gotta play a vanilla your base defense and and that's in our that that fits right up South Carolina's alley. It opens the field up.
0: Will, um they got Shipley back last week. He didn't start. Moffa yep. did, Moffa had a big game. Shipley talked about that this week and he and Moffa are best friends. Uh He's a very competitive guy, he said, and obviously he wants his friend to do well, but he doesn't like standing on the sideline. How do you think the coaches are going to handle this moving forward now that Shipley is fully healthy?
2: I think it's actually one of the best problems you can have. Um, I, I think you've got two guys that just are craving to be on the field, and therefore every time they touch the, touch the rock, they, they want to do something spectacular with it. Now, obviously, Shipley brings a little bit different of an element because, I mean, if you look from a receiving standpoint, I'm think, I think he's fourth or fifth, somewhere in the top five, in receiving. I mean, the guy can catch the football. You know, and so he's a threat out of the backfield. You know, uh, grabbing the ball and yards after the catch, um, not just between the tackles. Obviously, he's got the power. You know, to to push the pile and move move the move the sticks. But uh, I kind of think it's a great problem. I mean, if you got two guys that are just pulling for each other at the same time. They, they still want to, and imp- they're out there, that means their legs are going to be churning at the end of every play, trying to get one more yard, or bust one loose, or have a big play, or whatever it happens to be. I don't really see it as a threat to each other. I think it's a va- absolutely a great problem to have, uh, you know, two horses in the stable that absolutely want to get in the race. And, you know, there's only one football field, you know that, and that's been an age-old problem for a lot of people, but I don't necessarily see it as a huge problem as much as an asset.
0: Are you concerned facing Drake May Saturday and yep. uh, excellent running back receiver Hampton uh, and some of these other guys North Carolina has? Tez Walker, wide receiver, another, a really yep. good, really good tight end as a receiver. So, and you started, you ran like, I don't know, a bunch of, of freshmen out there in the secondary against Georgia Tech. Now, you could get away with it because your defensive front manhandled Tech and got in on King and didn't give him any room. But this is right. a kind of a different animal. Uh, can, can that work for Clemson Saturday with that young secondary? Uh, do you expect the defensive front, Xavier Thomas and Maskell and those guys to party in the backfield at North Carolina once again?
2: Well, you know, I don't necessarily think it's going to be as easy to get to May as it was last week. Now, here, here, let me just tell you, uh, as far as an offensive concern, yes, you asked the initial question is, are you ever concerned about Drake May? Of course. A guy that's thrown for 3,200 yards and 21 touchdowns this year, you, if you're not scared of that kid, I mean, what, what, he's completing sixty over 65% of his passes. I mean, he's an athlete, and he's a great quarterback. But I think the interesting thing about uh, him is that he's got play makers everywhere, man. I mean, you talk about Hampton. This is a 1,300-yard guy. I mean, he, he can he can run, man, and he is nasty out of the backfield, and he is quick to the corner. And you mentioned their wide receiving core with, you know, Walker and Jones and Nesman and all those guys. It's not just the fact that they got a bunch of catches. Look at what they've done statistically. It's not that they just catch the ball. They're catching it for 16, 17, 18 yards at a clip. So they put pressure on your secondary big time. So yes, I thought our freshman and sophomore guys last year—I mean last week—were fantastic. I really do. Um, but you know, this is a different animal, and I'm telling you, North Carolina—they're uh, eight and two and top twenty or whatever they are in the in the country for a reason. Um, they've had really good wins this year. A couple of—they've stubbed their toe a couple of times. But Phil, yeah, I mean you asked me a question if. You should be worried about Drake May? Absolutely. You should be worried about Drake May. And you should be worried about the the three-headed monster that he can go out there and sling it up to and they get, you know, 15-20 yards of catch, you know. So that's um that's a, that's a that's a tall task for a secondary especially when you're throwing freshmen and redshirt freshmen out there all over the place.
0: Uh 62 to 15 the halftime score. Do we give that? Uh, <laughs> 62 to 15 halftime score. Uh, Carl, I hear you chuckling. None of this women's basketball carries over to football. But what about the matchup with Kentucky? You got a quarterback who is um, one of the leading passing quarterbacks in the ACC in terms of – I'm sorry, SEC in terms of touchdown passes. And then they got a big-time running back, of course, uh, who is among uh, the leading rushers in the SEC and also one of the top touchdown makers in the SEC as well. Is the Gamecock defense. I mean, I believe the offense with Rattler and those weapons, they'll be fine. I think they'll score theirs, but will the defense stop Kentucky enough? Or the Gamecocks going to be in one of these Florida, Mississippi State games where they're going to have to score forty something points to win?
1: I don't think they have to score forty something points to win because everybody Kentucky has not really hadn't proven anything. They've beaten Akron, Ball State. They they've not beaten anybody with a winning record, so they're they had they hadn't beaten anybody. They, they, the quarterback is pretty decent. If you get in the red zone, he can make plays. The receivers don't scare you at all. Running back number one, he's a beast, but he he's almost at a thousand yards. But half half of those yards came in three games and he had big games, so you don't really know how good he really is. Their offensive line is not that good, so defensively, this is a game you want to play because you don't have to worry about the outside because there is no threat outside. The only threat is it, it, it's down the middle, the running back and the quarterback with an average offensive line. The way our defense is playing, I kind of feel real comfortable about how we've the last few weeks, and I think since they don't... Propose a threat other than running the ball, and we don't know how good that is because, again, most of the runs come on have come on three plays, three games. I don't know. I I like our chances defensively. I think we can slow them down enough to outscore them for
2: sure. Mm. You say they haven't beaten anybody. Tell me who y'all's beaten this year. I mean Vanderbilt, Jacksonville State. I mean, Mississippi State, you want to sit there and talk about Kentucky not beating anybody? Furman. Y'all hadn't beaten – uh, Furman? Yeah. Okay, congratulations on your big four wins. So, I mean, you you can't sit there and go, they haven't beaten anybody, and you're sitting there going, we've got four huge wins over Furman, Jacksonville State, and Vanderbilt, and uh, Mississippi State. What did that go do? Know, hey, Carl, he makes a good point. Like
0: he, he makes a good point.
1: Uh, he, he does make a point, but however, I will say this. Two of our wins is better than any one of theirs. So that's the point. We're talking about them and us. Furman would be anybody on their schedule that they beaten, and safe State <laughs> would be anybody on their schedule they beat. So, that's comical. Again, that's comical. You asked me to prove my point. I just did.
2: <laughs> Notre Dame does exist. Right. You know, are you talking <laughs> Man, about
0: Are you talking about Kentucky schedule or Clemson schedule?
1: Yes. I'm talking about. I ain't talking about Clemson. I'm talking about Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I talking about Kentucky schedule.
1: <laughs> I'm comparing who we beat and who Kentucky beat, and I said they hadn't beaten anybody, and Will he's right. We hadn't beaten anybody, but firm to beat anybody on their schedule, and I think Jacksonville State will too. That they booked, that Kentucky has won against, so our wins better than they win. We in a, a pot contest. Here. Are y'all are y'all gonna have
2: a side of delusional with your turkey on Thanksgiving? Is that what you're gonna do?
0: <laughs> it's possible. Hey, you better
2: watch out. Your time coming next week, Bo. Which reminds oh, okay. me, All which
0: right. reminds me, we got to wrap. So let me get the uh, latest reading on the rivalry meter from the two of you. Uh, Will, what you got at this yep. stage on your rivalry meter reading?
2: I think I think we're a better football team i really do i think defensively i don't, I don't know i mean i don't i don't know that South carolina can move the football a ton on us defensively i, I I'll give us a seven and a half uh, to win that game. The only, I think with the one big thing Carolina's got going for them, Billy Braxton is a tough place to play at night for sure. It's going to be cold. It's going to be loud. That place is going to be rocking. I mean, and they're, if they win against Kentucky, then they have an enormous amount of things to play for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a bowl game on the line. So you beat Clemson and you go to a bowl. I mean, that would salvage a season. Uh, for for Coach Beamer and and a guy that I respect and, and love a whole lot, I, I just won't love him a whole lot. That, you know, next Saturday night. But I will say this: uh, that is a tough place to play. I've played there many times, and um, I, I know it's it's hard at night, and it'll be rocking. And but I still think we're a better football team. I give it seven seven and a half point chance to win.
0: All right, Carl, what is your rivalry meter reading tonight? And, and we are uh, we, we we
1: we don't agree tonight about one thing. He's 100% right. We got a lot to play for. We still got an opportunity to go to a bowl game. We have an opportunity to have a winning season. We have an opportunity to be the state champions. And With all that being said, I just think we're playing at night, baby. These last two games at night in the cockpit. I'm feeling real comfortable, but Will is right again. They got more talent than us, so I'm still going to have a little bit of and picking. So I'm still sticking my 45%. i am 4.5, 45%. I'm still around
0: there until next week. Alright, we'll see how you feel after this weekend. Guys, we thank you. Uh, we will talk to you next Wednesday. I'll I'll send you a text. We'll set it up. We'll plan on next Wednesday if that works for y'all. And have a great weekend. Talk to you next week.
2: Sounds good. Y'all have a wonderful weekend and safe travels.
0: Thank you, Thanks, guys. Thank you, Will. Thank you, guys. You, thank right. you, guys. thank you, Carl. Enjoyed it. Great having you with us.